shirts and chamber bucks. You can buy clothing, merchandise, and supplies all from local retailers. Enter the back-to-school sweepstakes presented by Mandy Coltiska with Century 21. Enter every day through August 16th at SheridanMedia.com. Are you wondering what your business is worth? Or have you considered buying or selling a business? Contact me, Alicia Cox, Certified Valuation Professional at Harker Mellinger to discuss how a business valuation can help you determine the proper values in gifting, estate planning, and the purchase or sale of your business. Harker Mellinger has been providing professional valuation services since 1995. Schedule an appointment today to discuss how a business valuation can work for you. Harker Mellinger, located at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. The Y.O. Theater celebrates the 100th anniversary of the opening of the original Lotus Theater with a performance of the Y.O.'s new Vaudevillians, Friday, August 25th at 7 p.m. This event will feature the new Vaudevillian band, accompanying an impressive cast of local talent, performing a variety of acts from comedy and magic to singing and dancing. There'll be giveaways and fun the entire evening. Tickets are available today at the Y.O. Box Office or online at yotheater.com. Did you know the Country Bounty is online at cheddarmedia.com? That's right. You always have access to the Country Bounty. The print version of the Bounty is still delivered to homes and businesses in Sheridan County and Buffalo, but you can also view it from your phone, tablet, or computer simply by going to sheridanmedia.com or countrybounty.com. You'll be able to scroll through the entire publication. Click on inserts and more. Try it out. Sheridanmedia.com or countrybounty.com. It's in the palm of your hand, the Country Bounty. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning, I am honored to be joined by the Chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain of the Force, Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen, and welcome back to the show. Morning, Floyd. Floyd. Thanks. Now, um, how's summer been down at the station? It's, what summer? Yeah, it's flown by. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we're finally hitting it Yeah, this week. <laughs> and I kind of felt the same, and uh, I even have a question down here. Did, you, did the rain make it seem like the summer season happened pretty dang quickly? Uh, yeah, I think it did. I think it did that for everybody. Um, for us, weather has minor impacts on our line of work, um, but it's really extreme heat or extreme cold. So there's still, we were still very busy, even with the, even with the summer. Um, you know, the biggest telltale is brother schools in session are not really for us but it summer's been it's gone by quickly it's been a good summer but it's been very busy you know we have continually worked on our staffing levels trying to get them up to where they need to be to to um you know adequately perform the duties that are incumbent upon us and uh we're, we're working towards that we're getting we're making some headway but um yeah it's just it was just a quick seemed like it flew by and and uh, it was it was very busy. It was good, but it was very busy. We're seeing increased calls for service every year. The last three years have just continued to our calls for service have increased, and uh, I think it's you know it's a testament to the growth that Sheridan's had, and um, you know we're we're seeing more people in town, and we're seeing. Um, more willingness to talk to the police too. I think that's a, that's a, a big part of it as well. Wow, more willingness well, yeah, to I mean, sit and have discussions, or that's one of the big the main. Uh, pillars of, of successful policing is having a community that trusts the police department and trusts that, that they can come forward with concerns and problems and that they'll be uh, addressed in a manner that it, it, 
you know, it'll be given the attention that it's due. Yeah. And so building that trust and legitimacy is is a, um, a main component of, of successful policing in, in, in the country today. And I think, it's, you know, we're, we've worked hard towards that and, and maintaining building and maintaining that trust with our with our community and, and, and people say well you know culture service increase they're, they're, and is that a, a, a sign that crime is going up it's not necessarily it's a sign that people are looking to the police department to help them um, when maybe they wouldn't before yeah yeah and and do you feel that uh, a lot of this has to do with that uh, when you became chief you kind of been uh, began this culture within the department of community policing you know it's something that's been going on for a while i, I, but I think, think we started that back when we were both sergeants yeah, oh really okay yeah, yeah, okay and i was just going to say yeah, that, that the captain and i have been working yeah, on that our, our entire career in leadership yeah. with the police department yeah um that evolution and so it and and it's i don't want to sell anybody else short on it you know the, the the some of the other command that we have in our in our organization same way we, it's something that we've continually worked on for a long time that the police department's worked uh, on the, for a long but time but like you said floyd did and i'm not blowing smoke the difference is we've had fantastic administrators in the past but everyone has their own leadership style with right. the chief's leadership style is the approach of availability yeah. to everyone and transparency from yeah but the availability yeah. is crucial because um, he, he makes time to talk to everybody, whether it's someone on the passing on the sidewalk or at a, a rotary or a luncheon. Yeah. And, and that's where it comes through is this the availability um, of, of Chief Coltiska and that trickles down to everybody. Um, and the other change is our hiring has always been good, but we've been running short with the right people and thereby we're getting more people done. And we tend to get more repeat customers yeah. because people have had a, a good experience with us before. While we've never had bad officers there, because uh, uh, everyone now is excellent. Yeah. And that the people that don't want to have repeat customers, um, and it's not, not fr from crimes, but from helping them, um, tend to, you know, the guys that think they're just going to run and gun can go do that somewhere else. Right. Um, we're very good at that. Um, but we have a holistic approach to officer development. To where we are here to help the community and to us it's a luxury right um, right arresting people's not fun um having someone who's not pleased with us in the back of our car oozing body fluids and smelling <laughs> yeah um, yeah that, that's not a good time <clears throat> resolving a problem is and we we're, we've been uh following chief's priority of hiring problem solvers is what we talk about all the time what's the major characteristic of the officers we want some that can solve problems which is why we um, harp on life experience so much yeah experience in solving problems and having that character yeah. uh, that we've talked about so often and where the, that's what they yeah. want to do and you can have uh, different people of high character but with different high character traits yeah um, so why some high character traits may work somewhere else the character traits we're looking for which we won't discuss because that would give away our, <laughs> our uh, yeah. oral interview questions. Opsec, um, opsec. But we have a very specific amount, and actually we evaluate them um, constantly. We just reevaluated them yesterday. Lieutenant Hill sent us a survey as to what, what we think is still important or if we'd like to add something. Yeah, re-examining the, the situation over yeah. and over. Like, is that? Would you say that you do that yearly or bi-yearly? Uh, the daily. Daily. daily? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. We're yeah. continually evaluating our performance from top down. I evaluate my performance and all the way down through the department. 
um, because we're always trying to evolve. That's built in our mission statement is to continuously evolve to to serve our community the highest capacity we can. I mean, it, it's that's just ingrained in us that we are always trying to improve. Um, you know, and so that's all part of like the captain was saying. With part of our, it starts with our hiring, you know, through our promotional processes, uh, through through just our day-to-day interactions and activities. Um, we're always being evaluated and, and evaluating ourselves. And that's the other thing I think, you know, it's like one of the things is that we have a staff that, that really is critical on them, more critical on themselves probably than yeah. we are because they want to perform at that level. Um, and, and they want to do what's best for the community. And so they, they're, they're, they're constantly like, uh, I, I should have done that better. I should have done that differently. The only way I can, I, you know, just trying to put that into a life situation for myself. And these are, you know, I'm in a way comparing apples and oranges here. But at one time in my unit, uh, when I was with the Wyoming Guard, we didn't have as many soldiers as we needed. But the ones that we did have were there to do the job. And uh, based on certain evaluations, we were exceeding standards as this small team and we just ran around with pride well, you, it's know? A, you know it's a variation of the uh, Parado principle which is also known as the 80 20 rules you spend 80 percent of your time focusing on 20 percent of the problems well if 80 percent a good chunk of that 80 or 20 percent no longer exists then we can definitely get by with fewer people right which oh by the way on a, on a staffing update we're really pleased with the um, our staffing. We've just uh, hired last Thursday. We swore in Armand, Armand Enslin. Oh, fantastic! Um, so we're we're down to um, three openings on patrol, um, and we're very close to being on five-man teams, which is our our goal. It's it's a rough goal. We, we um, so I don't want people to think we're running short-handed and we don't have enough people. Or ever since we changed the title of our communication technicians back to dispatchers. Um, those applications have been flowing in with some fantastic candidates as well. In fact, we're hiring a young lady named uh, Tiffany Earlbeck on Monday. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, we're, we're getting the staffing problem taken care of, right. you know, as well. But the, the people we do, so the, every extra person almost just turns into a force multiplier. Yeah. Because um, it allows us to focus on even more stuff and help more people. Um, so it's good. I've got where I was going with this. No, but I, I totally, I totally understand. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, so as, as we uh, keep raising, uh, continuously improving the the quality of our staff, we, we don't have as many problems, internal problems or issues or even refinements to address. Yeah. And we can focus externally. And and you know I, I've been reporting for a while. For those that uh, jump on the website, uh, they know over a ten year period. And the city of Sheridan's population increased by 7.4%. Now, that is below the national average for growth of small cities, which is 9%. But Sheridan's departments have felt that increase, uh, according to some documents from the city. Uh, And, Chief, you were saying it earlier. You know, Sheridan Police Department has seen the highest number of calls for service in the past 22 years in 2001 and even higher in 2002. And what's great to hear is that it's not more crime, 
it's more trust. It's these guys are going to get this taken care of. I give them a ring. I don't have to worry about it. It's that trust where I can call you to the house and I know, you know, we're looking to solve a problem, not throw somebody in the back of a, of, of a car and take them to the detention center. You've both been on the service for over 20 years. And so you've, you've seen this uh, kind of take place in ways. Are, is there any other way? that you can tell us and the listeners, yeah, there's a population increase and I can see it every day and this is why. Well, I think if you just look at the volume of traffic downtown, <clears throat> excuse me, even before the construction started, I mean, it's it's not even anecdotal. It's I mean, you can visibly see an increase in the number of, of people in town. The downtown's booming. There's always people walking and driving into downtown. Um, our schools have seen an increase in, in enrollments. So, you know, it, it, it's just we, our little secret is, is out. Our little our little chunk of heaven here in shared Wyoming, is, that secret's out. And it, it's I, I even think that that 7% increase may be a little low. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we, you know, a lot of times there's staff studies, um, resource allocation, which is another name for how many cops do we need, um, is a thing. And there are specific formulas. We will not just say, well, we need to double the size of our department because it's a national standard or something. There are mathematical um, equations yeah. um, that's based on our call, the types of call for service, calls for service, our schedule, our time off schedule, time on schedule. But um, part of that is the population as well. And I thought, we're a tourist town. How many beds do we have for visitors? Right. So I called uh, Sean Parker, who's awesome and been a, a great uh, ally for us. And we have 4,000 guest beds, for lack of a better term, in town. Um, Which are full quite often. Yes, whether wow. it's uh, motels, Airbnb. Um, so that's almost 25%, I mean, our, or 20% of our rough, slightly under 20,000 uh, city population. So that's probably another area that's um, grown as well that we sometimes don't realize contributes so much to the traffic. Absolutely. And calls for service. And calls for, yep, and, and, and calls for service. discussed on previous shows, a lot of our arrests are from visitors. Um, from, from out of town. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the pop, it's just more dense. Every, everything just seems more dense. I'm glad you brought that up, yeah. Captain, because it is something that we've got to consider, especially in your line of work. Um, you know, there's an extra 4,000 people in town at any given moment. And so to police those individuals, they're just like everybody else. They're mm -hmm. going out, they're having a good time, uh, some things might take place, and you got to get a call. They're included in your population that you have to look at. And uh, that's something that, uh, you know, sitting here discussing this, I hadn't even considered. Yes, <laughs> there's yes. an extra and, four 4,000 people on that. We as a city are, are grateful that oh, people do come visit us. They're, we like showing off Sheridan. It's great for our local industries, but it's still a... It's still a service is, that yes. we provide, that we, we're required to provide and make sure that we have the, the capabilities and the capacity to do so. Now, when it does come to arrests, are we seeing more? And anecdotally, I, I think two shows ago we talked about it. Uh, this is a number of DUIs over some week. I don't think I think it was before rodeo, but roughly fifty percent of our custodial arrests are from people outside of Sheridan, um, and often this from out of state. Mm -hmm. And it, this seems to be rel relatively normal. Um, we talked, we discussed that the the demographics was the. Uh, 
also the age, it seems like people are, especially our DUI arrests are They're shifting, getting to be like 60 and above. It's, it's very strange. But, you know, um, our DUI arrest numbers are down from what they have been in the past um, past few years, which you know we've talked about that many times and what we can attribute that to. I think overall, um, you know, I think overall our arrest rates are hovering close to the same. I'd have to do some digging to, to check on that, and we'll have some more stuff at the end of the year in the final report. But uh, it's just, like I said, it's just noticeably busier and, and because there's a lot of things that we're doing that are outside of that enforcement arm. I would love to see if, <clears throat> excuse me, if the arrests kind of stayed with the population increase uh, or, or if there was a shift somewhere or something like that, just yeah, out of curiosity. We'll mine that at the end of the year when we do our annual report. We'll take a look at that and we'll be able to compare 21, 22, and 23 and kind of do some do some data mining and see if there's anything we can attribute it to. Yeah, I think the consistency is say what we're arresting for is consistent. DUIs still averaging between a, a 0.16 and 1.18. Um, we have the same standards for whether or not we make an arrest on a, a disturbance or a fight. All, so all the, the the standards for probable cause have remained the same. Yeah. Um, but it's how many times we're encountering the, the, those situations and also what we've had a Fortunately enough to get a lot of people in training this summer, which is probably if we didn't have as many people in training We'd probably have more proactive arrests, um, but we're really excited about that officers uh, John stallions is training his dog Ava and Zach Conley is training his dog Kiva in week one of I think This is the second week. They just started week, week two. two. I'm sorry. They just started cool. week two. in Gillette um, But those are two go-getters that have, haven't been on the street the last week. Yeah, um We've had um, two fire instructor two school firearms currently. instructors. Um, we're having people active shooter instructor school late, later on. So we've been um, having a short term cost in, in staffing for a very long term um, profit. Oh, absolutely. Which make everyone safer. But a lot of the summer, because it's Wyoming, a lot of it. Because it's Wyoming, the training's conducted in the summer where people can actually make it there. <laughs> Travel we doesn't send to let. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry in, in, about that in, weather. In the winter on that road. So it's, it's kind of the, a Wyoming thing is we have a, I guess there's construction season and there's training season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's a Wyoming seasons right there. On that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with our Sheridan Police Department right after this. Stay with us. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Resource Council is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with Wrap Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call Wrap Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Wrap Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. 
Summer heat continues. That means warm weather road trips. You're ready, but is your car ready? Will your tires survive hot weather driving? If not, Midas has a $100 rebate on name brand tires like Cooper, Hankook, Nexa, Nido, and Toyo. How's your vehicle's air conditioning? Not so cool? No worries. Midas works on all AC systems, new or old, including the most recent YF Freon systems. Getting and keeping you safely on the road for your summer travels. See Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Hey there, folks. Is your water well just not the well you want? Feeling like you're stuck in a drought? You tired of waiting for water like it's a slow-moving turtle? Well, lift your head up high and take a walk in the sunshine. Call 307 Wildcat Well Service, and they'll have water flowing like a river. They know where the good water is and how to drill for it. If your current well is leaving you high and dry, Google 307 Wildcat Well Service for water. Cool, clear water. At Sunlight Federal Credit Union, we know how important convenience, time, and flexibility are for you. That's why we've joined the Co-op Shared Branching Network, which gives you access to your account at over 5,600 branches across all 50 states. That's just one more way we make Sunlight Federal Credit Union your branch for your funds, no matter what you're doing or where you're at. Join Sunlight Federal Credit Union today and start experiencing the credit union difference. If you're looking for a little extra sports coverage in life, you should check out the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast hosted by me, James Timberlake. Every week, we break down some of the biggest stories in the sports world, as well as some other topics along the way. And we'll maybe talk about something random, like how mind-blowing the invention of shoelaces must have been when they first came out. Who knows? For all of your sports jargon, and maybe a little extra, check out the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast posted every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts, or on SheridanMedia.com, presented by Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate and Alpine Climate Control. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. My guests this morning are the Chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain of the Force, Tom Ringley. Their first day of school for District Number 2 here in Sheridan is August 29th. To the dismay and the delight of Sheridan's kiddos. Uh, you know, the first day of school is such a big deal uh, to these little ones. I can remember. I was thinking about it just uh, this morning. You sent me the prep for the work. And I was like, yeah, first day of school is such an exciting moment. And as a child, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not thinking about the cars in the road or the crowd. I'm thinking about getting in there and seeing my friends that I haven't seen all summer long. And uh, so... You know, this does mean, folks, kids are going to be running around during the early morning commute. Traffic's going to increase in certain areas of the city as parents begin to adapt to their new schedule. And school buses, of course, will be stopping and picking up the kids. What does the Sheridan Police Department do to provide school safety this well, year? Obviously, right around, like you said, there's it's. We seem to have amnesia once in a while about the, you know, the, it's just like the first day that it snows, we have issues with crashes. First day of school, people forget that it's, kids are coming back. And you're right that we, as as kids that are going there, they're not as attentive and they're not thinking about those things. And so it's incumbent upon the drivers to be very attentive in those school zones. So we really saturate for the, especially for the first week or longer, we'll really saturate those school zones. Um, we'll make sure we're at every school every, uh, at the start. Um, with our patrol teams, I, obviously, unless there's an emergency happening somewhere um, else, but my, even myself and the captain will be in uniform, and we'll, we'll and along with the lieutenants, and we'll go to the schools and stand out there, make sure that the drivers are 
oh yeah, school's in session and the kids are like, oh yeah, got to pay attention, got to cross the crosswalk and got to do the things right. And really try, just try to be very visible. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have our, our, our two school resource officers, Officer Ben Hawkins and Officer Megan Phillips. Um, they will be the, you know, visible out there on the outside of the schools in the mornings. And it's, it's all about the safety of the kids and, you know, tr- getting to and, and from the schools and, and making sure that everybody's really aware and cognizant that they need to exercise extreme caution when they're approaching those schools. You know, when we're driving in our vehicles, um, it's, we've got our blind spots, but we always have to remember that those little ones, uh, they could be dangerously close to the vehicle and we, we wouldn't be able to see them just because of the height you can't see those little heads in the in the windows and so i always used to get kind of paranoid uh, when i would drop my daughter off you know are there any kids around me behind me so i do this extra little i take the long way around the car to get to the door essentially after i dropped her off uh just too many incidents happen like that where i didn't even see them you know, and when it comes to school resource officers, I'm going to say right now that I personally have always supported and enjoyed the school re- resource officer program. Not everywhere has this. This isn't a standard. Uh, it is here, which I greatly appreciate. But I've lived in areas with my child where it wasn't the standard, and I felt a little more vulnerable. Now that's not me blowing smoke. That's just the way it is. Uh, and, and I feel it's more important than ever in this day and age. Uh, we know who our school resources officers are. Uh, I, I finally got a chance to meet Officer Phillips out there on the street during the parade. She seems great, mm-hmm. very dedicated. Uh, saw Officer Hawkins out there. Uh, guy's always got a smile on. You're going to shake your hand and, and sit and talk with you for a while. What services do these officers provide to the schools? Well, they're police officers so they provide what we call targeted law enforcement services uh, what's important that, that people realize is that they're not there to enforce school policy um, that that's the school district's prerogative they're there to enforce laws but like we do on on the on the grand scale we enforce laws through education we let people know what the laws are and how they can be followed and they do the great uh, great things with the, the children and also they're much like we tend to mentor the community they're there to be a, a mentor and a positive figure for um for the students uh, there you are we target our sros as we call them specifically for their ability to communicate with, with younger people um it, it, it's a specialty it's um, it really is yeah, yeah um we they don't talk down to them they sit down with them and, and talk with them not to them um and they, they do a great job. We've got fantastic feedback. Um, one thing we don't do is we will not hire someone just to be an SRO. Um, we send officers to the schools that have proven themselves um, <clears throat> on, on patrol or maybe in CID on, on, or on any other specialty assignment. For instance, uh, Officer Phillips is a firearms instructor as well. And she's worked all summer as a detective, so she can help address some of the more um, in-depth issues that that they may come across in in the school district. Um, but having said all that, the school district's been an amazing partner um, as well. They've they've been very accommodating. They often help us select the oh, on, uh, via our interview panel. They didn't uh, for Officer Phillips, uh, but it's a very symbiotic relationship from a from a business standpoint, it's the most efficient way for us to help these kids. 
if we have an officer in the school all the time. Um, and it builds the trust that you were talking about earlier as well. These children are used to seeing these officers in the school all mm -hmm. the time. Now there, Officer uh, Hawkins is based in the high school and Officer Phillips is at the junior high school. So we have five elementary schools and several uh, private schools that need coverage. We address those through, um, like I said, I always say our only two quotas we have for officers is getting out and talking to people and elementary school visits and uh, uh, college school visits. So we randomly visit those, those locations. Um, they, cause generally our officers like it yeah. and from a safety viewpoint if there's a police car there randomly um it, it makes every, the, the, the site less predictable absolutely absolutely because you know these random visits uh what do they do when they actually arrive do they go through check doors talk to people they just, just conversation always checking with the office see ask some questions how things are going what we can improve interaction on. with the kids yep. and letting the kids know that they're there and that, that they're a resource for them if they need them as well and just building those relationships but yeah they, i mean first and foremost that you know they're the security and safety of that school and those children inside is number one priority um the sros and and our officers the first line of defense to that and uh so they're very keen on that they're very aware and and that's you know a, a a major focus of them as well a lot of places don't have sros due to funding um how do we fund ours is this funded through a grant the county so one of them is funded just through our general fund uh, through our salaries uh the other one is a 75 percent fund from the school district so the school district pays 75 percent of their salary and we cover the other 25 percent uh when we're at full staffing we're going to actually add a third sro oh, that will that will cover um, Sheridan College, as well as um, Schiffer School, and we'll, because it's right there on campus of the Sheridan College, and that will also be funded through the college and through school district too. So, they, uh, like the captain said, they have been outstanding partners. The college, the, the school district too, has always been. We've had SROs for quite a few years, and they've been a fantastic partner of ours through that time and through this program, and, and to continue to excel in, in, in what they do for us. Um, so we're gonna hopefully you know continue to even increase that 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 awareness that level of support um, that we can provide to the schools. Uh, it's all about staffing, and we're we're getting there. Chief, we won't use any names, but when you're attending like WASCOP meetings and and meetings like that, where chiefs of police and sheriffs all all kind of come together, does anyone kind of? <clears throat> not envy but ask you about the sro program if they don't have one and, and ask you how this relationship developed uh not really because it's it's been around long enough that most of them are are, very, are pretty aware of what the what they entail um you know most of the, the the larger agencies across the state have them right our sheriff's office has a couple you know you're talking to gillette casper they actually have you know lots of schools cheyenne a lot of the larger counties will cover some counties so but there are a couple that are that are pretty small that just don't have that option and 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 but they're aware and I, i'm i know through my conversations with some of those executives that they do provide services to the school just maybe not in the same format as it kind of that random stop yeah, that we were yeah, talking more about of that, those random visits and those and those or, or or scheduled visits. I know some of those occur in some different smaller jurisdictions that maybe can't hire specifically for an SRO. Mm -hmm. um, so that does happen. It, it, everybody that I interact with uh, at the executive level understands 
the, what kind of trauma community can experience when something happens in their schools, and they're very aware of that, and they're very um, willing to allocate any resource they can to that. Absolutely, and that's that's something that uh, we're here, so we might as well talk about it. Uh, discussing the upcoming school year, school resource officers that work in our halls, our institutions of learning, and the big first day of school. But a subject that I don't like to discuss, but it's a reality we must address in the age that we live in, <clears throat> critical incidences, incidents within the school itself. And everyone knows what I'm talking about. How are officers trained to respond to this? We've seen uh, both good and bad uh, in the past, not, not from us, but uh, from other areas around the nation, around the world. Uh, how are our officers trained to respond are, to these incidents? They're trained to respond. Yeah. They're, they're, I, we can't give up tactics, obviously. No, that's absolutely um, fine. Yeah. But no, it's, it's when it happens, they you're, take care of the problem. Yeah, you're going to respond. You're not going to It doesn't stand matter around. if you're by yourself or with or three or four of you right at the same time. Mm-hmm. You go take care of it. They, um, and actually, um, there are a thousand right ways to say to enter, conduct a room entry, and it's kind of in law enforcement, especially in people's post law enforcement careers, they tend to sell variations on a theme, yeah, and say it's the only right thing. The major um, development um, people should know about in the last years is Sheriff Dominguez's uh, crew have always had their, a right way of doing stuff, as have we. We are now on the same sheet of music to where we can seamlessly intertwine with, uh, with deputies and officers, and we all know what one another is, gonna doing, is going to do, what yeah. techniques we're gonna use. Um, and Sheriff Dominguez, is, it was odd, because I went over there probably last February, February 22, to ask him what was going on, and he was had I think just composed an email to me. Uh-huh. Um, so we are sending our instructors to the same school in September, I think in Utah. So we will be teaching the same thing that everyone in the county. That's um, fantastic. So if we can just respond and act instead of stand around and or even worse, uh, cause a a blue on blue conflict. Yeah. Um, so we're very excited about that. Um, in the last year, we specifically, because of schools, we've updated our door breaching capabilities. Um, I won't say what we have, but we, we can get through school doors. Yeah. Um, and even if we have to drive a car through one. But it's our really, there's no, nothing more has a higher priority to us in school safety. Um, and a, a nice byproduct of preparedness for the worst case situation is we can take care of anything else in a, in a residence because they're not a house isn't as resilient as a school door yeah um, and it, we're still teaching um the alice training to all staff or any other business for that matter yeah, i think that's as key as anything is yeah. making sure that the staff or you know, whether it's a school staff or business staff that they're you know aware and then they're it's, it's not about awareness so much of it's about awareness and then not just freezing up doing something and so being able to provide that to the community is key part integral part of of the safety of everyone involved and especially when we're responding as well we're going to talk further on this training chief i'm, I'm sorry to catch up i got to go to a quick commercial break we'll be right back with our sheridan police department right after this stay with us
First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Resource Council is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. If you are looking for your new Wyoming home where breathtaking mountain views meet city conveniences, then look no further than Sheridan's newest development, Riverstone Park. Premier builders Stone Mill and Cascade Dwellings have new homes under construction that are waiting just for you. Located near the new North Main Interchange, Riverstone Park boasts paved streets and full city amenities, making your daily life a breeze. Specializing in new construction single-family homes, Jenny Redinger is your real estate expert. Contact her today at yournewwyomminghome.com. Have equipment that works as hard as you do all year long. CNB has a wide selection of compact utility tractors that'll help you get the job done. During CNB's summer blowout event, you can get your own compact utility tractor for zero money down and zero percent interest for 84 months. Whether you're mowing, tilling, or thinking about pushing heavy snow, a compact utility tractor is versatile and can help you with any task. This zero percent zero money down offer won't last forever. Visit the team of experts or check out the inventory online at DeerEquipment.com. That's D-W-E-R Equipment.com. Buckle up, road travelers. August is here, and it's time to hit the road. And where does that road start? Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, the ultimate destination in finding a vehicle right for you. Their pre-owned inventory continues to expand, bringing you the best selection of quality vehicles. But you better act fast because these vehicles go off the lot as quickly as they go on. August is the month to hit the road, and the road starts at Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet. Experience the wearing way of vehicle buying at 107 East Alger. Hello everyone, Tom Kraft, owner of Legacy Diamond and Gems here, announcing the sale of a lifetime. Legacy Diamond and Gems remodel sale is now in progress for a limited time only, with fine jewelry throughout the store up to 50% off. That's right, up to 50% off. We need to reduce our inventory to prepare for our total store remodel. For the best selection of fine jewelry at up to 50% off, hurry into Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to get you going on your exterior painting projects. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Now's the time, too. We're excited to help you with your exterior painting and staining projects. We have true value in PPG paints and stains, many exciting options and color combinations for your outside project. Come see us. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning we're speaking with the Chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. We're upcoming, or we're discussing the upcoming school year. We got our school resource officers. We were just talking uh, about critical incidents within our schools. And uh, we can't give too much away, but there is training. They can respond. They're trained to respond. And, uh, Chief, just before we went to commercial break, we were talking, uh, you addressed staff just a little bit. And when I say that, I mean school staff, mm -hmm. teachers, administrators. Uh, they're in there every day with these, with these kids. Uh, we're, we're on the same page, SPD and the SOs. Uh, 
everyone's trained in the same manner. Everyone knows what's going to happen the minute we get there. I get that you can't ask for something better. What about our staff? What do they know? So our both of our SROs, well, um, SRO Phillips will be here the first first week of September. Our trained Alice instructor. So Alice is um, that's the response, not our response, but that is training provided to staff. Every teacher and uh, staff member of the schools um, have been provided with Alice training. It's alert, lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate. Um, so it basically it's a progression of should a critical incident occur in a school, what those the teachers need to do to there's that first line of defense to protect those students. Um, and we do we, every teacher's had it. All the new ones we do they do refreshers at the beginning of every school year. I think it's the week before when the teachers do their in-service stuff. Um, they will get it again. So not only will the new teachers get the same training, but if any of the, the te- existing, the ones that have been there for a period of time want to reattend, I believe they can. You'd have to confirm that, but I believe it's available. We've also done it for businesses because, you know, even with schools, schools are the ones that, that grasp the most amount of attention because of that we're dealing with our children. But there's a lot of uh, critical incidents that happen in businesses and, and, wow. and private um, entities as well, government buildings. So it's something that we have provided to different organizations within and, and businesses within the city of Sheridan as well. And it's just about that preparation, that mindset preparation of, of the staff and preparing them that should this occur, you need to do something. Yeah. You don't just don't cower in a corner and sit there. Yeah. Do something. A response. And if it means fight, it means fight. Yeah. If it comes down to it, yep, that's that's where we're at. And so we, we we gladly give that to any business that's interested in it. Really, right? Oh, yeah. uh, so if someone free of charge, if a, if a business calls us, says, uh, say let's just use a bank for instance. Yeah. Hey, we have thirty employees. Can you do Alice training? Yeah, well, let's get it scheduled, and we'll schedule it with our Alice instructors, and we'll provide that training to that bank. You know, I think that's amazing. That's something I did not know. Uh, I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, like uh, probably the rest of us out there, this was for you know schools only or 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 maybe government buildings but you're willing to work with the private sector and say we will provide this training absolutely anything we do to make our community safer and and like i said it's about yeah we have a very highly trained dedicated staff but we can't be everywhere at once and if a critical incident occurs you know hopefully we have somebody right there then at that time to put a stop to it but uh that's not that's not reality right um and so we we really want to pre- prepare our community as well i think that's fantastic uh, so folks uh, if if your business uh, if you feel that uh, you may need this just reach out to the chief reach out to the captain you can get this scheduled and uh, you can prepare your staff for the worst case scenario are there drills that take place for this do we drill at all we um conduct uh, alice drills in all schools i think twice a year um and also, like Chief said, we, we train the staff, especially when, when handling a, like an elementary school. We rely on the staff to direct the students as to w- what they need to do. I don't think a lot of second graders are going to counter um, right. someone. But I will say, having because <laughs> we tried to do it at the old Coffeen school several years ago, these classroom, these industrial classroom doors <laughs> are almost impregnable to a layman yeah. without specialized equipment. If they can just get in and get a door locked and get get the kids in there um they're going to be safe um it, we're never more than 
two to four minutes away yeah. um, in, in Sheridan. Um, but yeah, the, the school district's been very generous with the time, both in, um, in Alice drills and, and fire drills. Yeah, I can remember as a kid, you know, the fire drill thing. Yeah, uh, so it's statutorily required yeah. to have four of them a year. I don't know if it's federal or state mandate to do four fire drills a year. Uh, it's not currently for, like, active shooter or critical incident other than a fire mandated, but the schools understand the school district two i i can only speak for school district two because right. that's my district but i'm i'm sure district one's the same they they understand the importance and they will allocate time for these alistrails um even though it's they're not mandated to do so they understand the importance of it and they'll take time out of a, of a out of a day to, to to you know periodically to do those drills and that just keeps everybody thinking about what they need to do it's it's a scary time that we live in that this is a reality that well we've remember though uh, in our parents time it was nuclear nuclear war, war right and so they were taught to under the desk go under the desk and cover their head i don't know what that was going to do but yeah. <laughs> they went through the same drills for just a different reason back in the day so unfortunately i've i've learned uh, you know that one theory out there that may be pretty true the reason why they had to get under the desk and the reason why we all had assigned seats is so they knew who, who was where yeah yeah because uh, yeah what's a desk gonna do you know, you know I'm, I'm sure that it's been like that from the dawn of civilization that there's always been concerns so you know it's just something new and different and and it wasn't the same when we were all going through elementary school but a nuclear war was still something that the you know, cold war was still active when i was in elementary oh, absolutely. school it was at the height of the cold war when i was in elementary school and so that was always that yeah. was always in the back of our mind yeah all the time yeah. Uh, I mean, I was kind of at the tail end of all of it, but uh, growing up, I can remember all of that stuff. And we're constantly learning from the past. I had a pretty good conversation with Ben Hawkins the other day. We had a, an active shooting event in 1993, and he told me he had just gone through that case looking for lessons learned Yeah. Um, for something that happened 30 years ago. Um, so my point is twofold. A, it can happen here, and B, we are still on on a daily basis improving um our our not necessarily response but prevention measures absolutely and i i love that idea he's going back he's looking at where their mistakes made how can we prevent those in the future if there were that in, in itself is just that's the way that we learn and we, we accept the fact that okay i may have messed up here all right well how do we prevent it from happening in the future uh, i've only got uh, about five minutes left let's go over one more time uh chief captain what are the officers going to be doing on the first day of school here in town and is there anything else that the department would like to mention regards it's school and the first day. As, as always, um, plan your day. Um, and by planning, I mean add an extra three minutes. That you're, you're out so you can drive slowly and not get as frustrated at the lights. We we know where the ch choke points are. The, the director, Mercer of Public Works, knows the traffic flow issues. They're doing everything they can to address them. Um, but what we would ask is for people to be patient, look out for the children, and just plan a little bit more time. So if you're going to try to turn left off Highland on the West 5th to get to the high school, that you may not. It's going to take a couple <laughs> life cycles, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and it's just a fact of life. It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it no, is. it's no one's fault. It's just an indication of the increased um, traffic flows. Don't be that person trying to turn left on a, a red. Um, it, trying to beat it one more time because mm -hmm. fifth and main that's a frequent cause of accidents there our officers are addressing everything they can but understand our 
we don't have as many officers as there are major intersections in town. Right. So we can't have one yeah. on every corner. So be patient and enjoy the everyday life we live in Sheridan. And, you know, it, when it comes to school buses, one thing that uh, I, yeah. I have to address every year, and I do want to just say, if you're behind a school bus, those red lights start. Just stop. I've said it many times on here. There is not one place in Sheridan County that a school bus will be stopping that you are not required to stop with those red lights on, regardless of what direction that school bus is coming. That's right. Not one road in Sheridan County. And yet every year we see individuals passing. Uh, remember, folks, that there are cameras Oh yes, on those signs. Yeah, just so everybody knows, I mean, if a pass, passing happens, we are emailed a report along with the video footage that shows the license plate and oftentimes the driver, and we follow up and issue citations because... That is so preventable, and it can be so tragic if somebody um, strikes a kid on, on a bus because they're not paying attention. Um, and, and a lot of it's inattentive. It's inattentive. It's not malicious, but it's still you. The buses are out running. I saw some. I saw a bus stop this morning already, and school yeah. hasn't even started. Um, and so it, we have got to, as a as a community, 100% continually be aware of those buses running. And yes, that, there's gonna be times you're behind a bus and it's got to stop every. You know, every blocks, other has it, yeah. Right to pick up kids? Man, there's somebody's kids going to school. And they're yeah. doing that Be route the same time every day, so plan your route. If yeah. you don't like it, find a, another extremely quick route to get to where you're going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, these things tend to be uh, pretty cyclical. Uh, they absolutely you know? are. And so the, the intersections that were busy last year are going to be busy this year. The, the bus routes are probably going to be about the same unless they've managed to somehow find some magic quicker route but uh, uh i haven't heard anything about that so just make sure folks if you see a bus and it, and it comes to a stop make that stop with the bus as the chief said that's someone's child and kids get hurt every single year and it breaks my heart because you're right chief that is absolutely 100 percent preventable and with our uh, intersections they are going to get busier we got high school kids who are going to be driving to school for the first time and Ugh. so they're going <laughs> to yeah i know i'm not i'm right there with I you katie's hey, me too Almost. uh <laughs> she she waited until she got to college to really start driving so i i didn't have to deal with that too much mom's dealing with that but i worry Every day, Chief. Every day. Uh, Chief, Captain, thank you both so much for coming in. It's always a pleasure having you. Thanks, Thanks Floyd. Floyd. Appreciate it. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank and Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's the final days of Moss Holder's Living Room Upholstery Sale. Now's the perfect time to update your TV room, sitting room, or living room with a brand new set from Moss Holder's. 
Choose from a wide in-stock selection or order in a customized piece in your favorite fabric or leather. Whether you're needing a large sectional, a small sofa, or just an updated look, Moss Holders has choices. Don't forget to ask about 12-month no-interest financing with approved credit. Moss Holders Living Room Upholstery Sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. August is back to school, and it's time for parents to celebrate and treat themselves. Parents deserve that. Why not treat yourself to our great end-of-season deals? All dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides have been discounted just for you. Is financing available? Yep. Can-Am extended their 1.99% financing through the month of August. And because it's back to school, when you purchase a new Power Sport, you'll get a $100 gift card to Foot of the Bighorns and Sports Stop. Visit Sheridan Power Sports and purchase your new off-road vehicle today. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's shared in Buffalo and Gillette. It's time to cowboy up and register for the annual Wolf Creek Wrangle Trail Run. Race day is September 16th. You can run, hike, or participate virtually in a 5-mile, 7-mile, half marathon, or 30K. Hosted by the historic Eaton's Ranch and all proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. Spots are limited, so register at runwolfcreekwrangle.com. This race brought to you by Fremont Toyota of Sheridan and sponsored in part by Sheridan Media and Sheridan County Travel and Tours. The Sheridan Farmers Market is back for another great season at Whitney Commons Park. You'll find local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally crafted items this Thursday and every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. through September 14th. See the best our hardworking local producers have to offer at the Sheridan Farmers Market Thursday evenings at Whitney Commons Park. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Hi, this is Liz Kincaid, host of the new video podcast called Sheridan County Ag Update. Join me each week as I visit with folks in our area about local agriculture issues, rodeo, 4-H, FFA, and more. You can find my video podcast each week and past interviews under the podcast tab or on the front page of SheridanMedia.com. Sheridan County Ag Update is presented by Heartland Kubota, Cowboy State Bank, and True Built Builders. So join me, Liz Kincaid, host of Sheridan County Ag Update on SheridanMedia.com. What is the latest and greatest or even not so great? Hi, I'm Rich Demiro with Rich on Tech. 